yeah, I mean, baseball, I mean, baseball's, it's there every year. It's the same, you know, it's the same stuff. I mean, people still buy the top series one, still buy the heritage every year. Cause I think a lot of those, you know, know, when I first started working with it, I was, it was kind of like, man, this sucks. But as we keep going and we keep finding different stuff to do and the way people have been collecting it, even without it, it started to kind of make me think. You're drinking Brian Gray's Kool-Aid. Yeah. Where it's an advantage. Well, I wouldn't say it's an advantage. It's, it's, it's not an advantage. Because when we want to think as big as a disadvantage, we thought it's, it's not as big of a disadvantage as we once thought. That's correct. That's exactly right. The, the big difference is we find it's like, you know, football has a really cool card. And I'm like, oh, we love that design. I want to copy it. And it's like, oh, wait, what are we going to do in the, in the spot where there's that giant logo in the background or something like that where you're like, well, so, so stuff like that. I mean, you get your challenges, but, uh, you know, I mean, baseball is baseball. It's apple pie. Think America. The is have any I'm a little nervous about that, but. Man, it's not going to be anything what, well, I think it's worse than the steroid scandal. It's not going to be like with the steroid scandal. Strikes are going to do that to it. it this stuff won't. Strikes will screw up the yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think there's enough good young players where oh gosh, that yeah. they're not getting those advantages that you see the Gleyber Torreses, you see the Mookie Betts, you see the Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero Juniors, you see all those players, you know, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. And what about all the people that spent money on L2 Bay and Springer? You didn't see as much. You didn't see that much on those guys. And uh, sorry, I mean, because Houston's not you, the market for it. Were you a pitcher? Or you yeah, I just played in college. Okay, but I'm just saying, if somebody told me what pitch was coming, it wouldn't. <laughs> 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 well, you know what? It, you know, we were kind of talking about that they work with. Like, uh, they were talking about, they're like, well, you know, Chapman, I mean, he throws, you know, 103, 105. You know what's a fast, you know what's coming. Well, it, you do know, and 105, you've got to be cranked up and ready to go. But if he all of a sudden throws a 92 mile an hour slider, all of a sudden that thing's moving. Yeah, I mean, but if you get that little, if you knew it was coming, and you're like, okay, 92, I can hit 105. I just don't want to get. Oh, that was just to signal something else, apparently. I, I don't know. As, as a player, I don't know how you could focus to listen to that. Well, did you see the voting today? They were up close to what? They were up at like 65 to 70 today in the voting. They're getting closer. Clemens, Schilling. Is, and I think it, I don't know if it only applies to baseball, but it, again, this is, if this goes in the podcast, the opinions that I'm saying are not my own. <laughs> all baseball players could be considered cheaters. Yeah. That they're all cheating. Some got caught. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's a scary thing. See, that's, that's the bigger fear. That's the I bigger think you're very naive if you think this is a couple of cheaters. I really do. And mm-hmm. some got so. caught. And Barry's in. Roger Clemens is in. And, and all of a sudden, I was in two days in. Too. Well, the ones that got caught won the World Series. Yeah. I mean, that, in college and, basketball, they take away your title, right? Yeah. That's, you know what? I was surprised they didn't do anything with this. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do anything with the World Series title, but then maybe baseball didn't want to do it. That's a yeah. Yeah. That's okay. LA has voted on it. And yeah, yeah, they just did. They're yeah. just going to ignore the other teams that may have been in there. Yeah. Rob, you're an Astros fan, right? What was your reaction? Uh... While I'm disappointed, um, I'm I'm still not sure they're really buzzing. Because you got a world championship. No, I, I get it. You know, the, you know, when another guy takes me out, oh, the banner still hangs. Yeah, I get that. I I, I guess you know, I to me, I still look at things like overspending the salary cap where it's established is not uh, is making an uneven playing field, right? When the Yankee, if the Yankees spend fifty million over the established salary cap, to me that is you're tilting the roster or, or with a steroid issue or whatever. I'm not saying that, that they're sure on the same level, but it, but it, it's it, there's just been a lot there's just a lot of stuff. Um but am I proud well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not cheating. I'm not proud of it. But again, I think you're naive if you think yeah. it's only, you know, Carlos Beltran and and Cora at the core of this thing, and it only affects two teams. I, and, and I'm talking to obviously there's some degree of stealing signs that, that has always existed in baseball, but I think 
And that's where I worry that this is going that could damage something like a strike is if all of a sudden, oh well this team is also doing it and this team is also well, doing it. Well what it was when you science think that's being, not the case? I think that is the case. Yeah, that's what I said. I think I'd be very shocked if it's just well, a same yeah, thing. Well you also have to do better. <coughs> you're mentioning strike. I believe the uh, player I believe the whatever they call the uh, basic agreement is up this year. Did you put that on the switch? Oh, okay. No. Yeah. WNBA resolved there. <laughs> yeah. this, this, honestly, the strike is, is the one thing I think that would really, really hit the hobby. The the just the injury, yeah. The one thing that happened yeah. the last time we had a strike in addition to all the consolidation was that Vintage got really strong during the yeah. last strike because those guys had all established their career. And I think Jim's right. I think you'll see Bonds had a Hall of Fame career before any of the steroid mm-hmm. stuff. Hit. Correct. Yep. And so yep. he'll get in at some point just on that. Uh, yeah. Clemens was borderline Hall of Fame before the steroid stuff hit. He'll get in at some point with that. Forget the you know the numbers that got added on. And but the strike is we don't you know if the strike happens, you have to be diversified. You know Don, you're into vintage. Don, you're into vintage. You're you know you'll do Luca. Luca will still play, but you'll mm-hmm. also have you have your trousers, but you've, you've done vintage, so you know yeah. what you can go in there. Yeah. You'll have time to catch up on those trouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Competition. Competition. You know, <laughs> Joe says are going to soccer. That could be an answer. We could, all of a sudden, everybody will learn more about soccer. Mm-hmm. Well, the last strike, you're right, all the other sports did pick up for us. I don't want that trade off. No, 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 do I. No, no. Except you'll solve more decision from 20. And it took a 98 home run chase for people to come back. This becomes a promotional event. <laughs> <laughs> Even that trouble I've asked in the bottom. There could, yeah. there could be a couple. There could be an NFL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's all that, and that's. I really think that's the only thing that can sidetrack what's going. On. And I'm really surprised that even at the upper deck they would say that. Well, um, he just said, yeah, just, just said, because he, he, said, he said, I'm not telling you when. I'm not saying it's happening next month or even next year, but you just got to be prepared. And he, he showed slides comparing, you know, the SCDS people buying a thousand count lots, and I, and I'm like, yeah, but nobody's got thousand count lots of Zion Prism. You know, we're a whole other different world now, and we actually have a lot better understanding of what's out there relative to what we did then. Because then there was the perception yeah. that oh, eight nine, better get your cases now and put them up while while you can get some, you know. And then thirty years later, you can still get as many as you want. You know, so, so it's completely yeah, yeah, cheaper now than you could then. So it's a whole we're in a whole different world. So yeah, I think he was also trying to call attention to. Um, the economy in general, True. and he's speaking to a bunch of brick and mortars that have leases and yeah. long-term yeah. investments, and you need to be prepared for whatever is going to come in the hobby. Because we want to make sure. Well, you said you own your property that you're on, so you don't. At least you don't have a lease anymore. You yeah. just yeah. You're you're just mortgage. Right. <laughs> but the hobby is kind of overly healthy. It feels like. I mean, as a collector, you're going no over you know, it's yeah. just Yeah, it's just it's super healthy. It's hard to imagine getting hotter. That's good. That's kind of what I was going to say. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty high. Are you that bullish? Did you think you I think you've got a few more years. You need to know a million people to come in. I think you've got a few more years of people continuing streaming. God, I'll tell you, Kyle had almost, you, you were at the show Saturday. Yeah. Kyle had almost 200 people come through the door, I believe. For a little dinky show. For a little dinky show, he had 200 people. Well, he also did have, you know, Ken Suarez is a nice guest to have. He's, you know, catching you free. I mean, not that it drew a ton of people, it didn't hurt. It could go a couple of years. I mean, I was talking to Rob here before we got started about, you know, you need the mainstream kids. You're seeing a lot of kids in it now. You're seeing a lot of dads with their kids. You're seeing businesses being started and, and the Gary V's and the, you know, StockX. And, and I think that will continue to happen. I think it will correct itself at some point. It could be five years, could be 10 years. But I don't think you're going to see Lucas going for 50 grand or, or, I mean, can they get to 100? I just don't, you know, it only takes two people to do that, right? But who's buying those Lucas for 50 grand? They're overspending on some of these cards that are probably worth 20, you know, but it's two guys and they get crazy. You know, I mean, the PMG Green. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you see some of that with uh, overseas betting, though, with the basketball, sure. which we were yeah, talking earlier with the basketball kind of going global. You'll see a lot more money than they don't have the same access over, over yeah, in Asia that we do here. So when it does market. show up, 
on the basketball side. When they go over there, they disappear a lot of times. Sure, well, and they, and they do, right? So I think, you know, Stone Rod, like, when you get a, when I got, got back into 2014, when the first time I spent 100 bucks on a card, I was like, geez, you know, I didn't spend that when I was a kid. So I'm like, 100 bucks for some cardboard, and now I'm buying far for a thousand bucks, or you see stuff, and you're going, it's actually not crazy now that you build a little collection, you kind of get that courage as you go. And, and we all remember the time you spent a crazy amount of money, and you look back, actually, it wasn't that crazy. You know, you kept a few of those cards now. So I'm curious to see the guys that come back in, or, or, or girls that come back in for, a hundred here and there, and next thing you know, they're buying those higher end cards, and, and kind of their kids are getting into it. To your point, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to hobby shops, and they're there with their kids ripping four or five boxes. I'm going, <laughs> even if you got it like that, it's like, oh, we'll bring a couple home, and they're not really hitting much, but they're just loving that connection. So, I think it'll be fun to, how we nurture this, and how we grow it, and how we make sure when people fall in love with it, they stay in love with it. Well, I think some of the stuff, the kid, the people our age, I mean, we were in there during the 90s boom when all these cards were just going crazy, and then kind of the bottom fell out. But when we were collecting that stuff in the 90s. It, it wasn't, I mean, we weren't buying it as an investment. I mean, well, we probably thought we were going to be millionaires by the time we we're 25, but we weren't buying it as an investment. We were buying it because we enjoyed it. So we never faced that, oh, this stuff's worthless. Yeah. At least it wasn't to us. I agree. So now when we have our kids, now there's that investment. And now are we the ones that are going to try that? Oh, we're going to get rich and be able to retire in five years? I don't know. But there's definitely a lot more money in it. And getting our kids in it, they're going to see the same thing. Well, that is a little scary. Yeah. And that's the one thing I would kind of, I mentioned last night for us to all think about, you know, kind of, and you guys more than me, but as leaders in the hobby to think about, yeah, it's great that the silver prisms are going crazy, and that's good, and you're, you're aware of it. You guys are all aware, but making sure that it's sustainable, or you're, you know, maybe we should pull back on that for the health of the hobby instead of just we know we're going to make more money on it, but making sure that it's sustainable is something that the little moves that we hope we all learn from '88 mm-hmm. in order to say, well, this feels like it's getting there again potentially. What's What's interesting, I think, now that was different than the last time the hobby went on a run in the '90s is that stuff now I think truly is scarce. Mm-hmm. I think we've we've paid a lot of attention to, you know, the the '89 upper deck Griffey rookie and all the issues with that, and saw. Not necessarily what the problems were, because I don't think there's a problem with that card. I think it's one of the most iconic cards in the industry. But true scarcity, I think, is what people are looking for. And the fact that we've been able to diversify the releases to where there are silver prisms for people. There are base Zion Williamson's. Not everybody can buy an opulence box or a flawless box. I mean, we've tried really, really hard to not only diversify the brands, but the price points and put them in places where there's something for everybody. So when... You know, when we think the market's going to turn, or however you want to describe that, I really do believe that there are things that are truly scarce out there. I agree. That are always going to be collectible. And I think if you keep it about the love, you try to do that. Mm-hmm. And we all want to yeah. try to keep the integrity of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we got into it. There are businesses that start and you respect it. But I, I do think there's some businesses being started that have no care or worries about the health of the hobby. And that's a little dangerous. I'm not trying to stop those. But I think it's important that guys like us either consult with them or help them understand the nuances in order for them to thrive instead of, oh, that startup didn't work, onto the next shiny object here. And like a Gary Vee, or the, I mean, Gary was into it back in the day, right? And I'm friendly with Gary, but, you know, but knowing the health of the hobby and being aware of that, I think is what we can all hope or try to influence, I think. And I think that but is Gary, important. Gary has, what, 7.5 million followers or something like mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, if he's, if he's talking about being in cards, that's a huge base of people mm-hmm. listening to him. Oh, yeah. And the thing with Gary is he gives away a lot of his advice for free. Mm-hmm. You don't he's, have to- he's not necessarily attracting the best kind of people for the hobby, which is okay, too. Yeah, they're people with money. That's, <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's good. They're, you know, like Gary, we talked last night. Look, Gary, you know, bought all the PSA tens. I, I like Gary. He's a hustler. And he's great. Um, cornering the market and things like that is not always super healthy for it, but it, it is bringing attention to the hobby. And it's fun that they'll discover cards and then they'll see some of the product you guys make and they fall in love with it. Yeah. Could be a five dollar card, and that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can corner any market. You can't corner any market. True. We'll say true. It's an object lesson, but uh, we were saying last night. You know, maybe the no publicity is bad publicity when it's when it's in mainstream media. Yeah. The, yeah. the cards are back. I mean, I have people come up to me. I've been retired for 15 years, and people come up to me in Sunday school or something and say, I guess they're still making cards. <laughs> <laughs> you still have your cards. You're buying it back. And I go, no. Hey, Jim, what's my 89 Upper Deck Griffey work? <laughs> okay, my question on 89 Upper Deck Griffey Rookie. 
Here's four choices. Were there less than a million of those made? A million, two million, or more than two million? I'll guess more, more than two million. More than two million. At least one million. I think it's at least one, maybe two. I'm not going to answer the question. Individual cards. Were you there? No. Do you know? No, I don't know. I, I've got I've got a good idea, but I, I don't. I know what I've seen. I think it's a big number. I think it's a big number too. It's a big number. But, but, but you know what? That doesn't stop people from buying it for forty or fifty dollars. And that's amazing. That's the popularity versus scarcity. Yeah. That's Every one of us in this room wants another trophy. I'll take as many of those I, as you I want to get. That card should be worth a lot more than it is, yeah. but it's because of two yeah. million. Yeah. But, they're, they're, they're yeah. but it's a very steady and still very popular card. If I have those, if I put those cards out really cheaply on the shelf, they will all sell immediately. Yep. Did you? Yeah. Uh, if I'm there, yeah. how many you got? I don't know, probably 15. Ryan, did you have the answer? That's the Tim answer. Tim has everything. Tom, you need it. Tom Gunnaman had a comment in the the documentary. What do you think? Yeah. And I don't know if what he's saying is true, but he said there were full forms of that Griffey card. His words, not mine. Couldn't you buy specific player blocks back then? Yeah, well, they did. You could buy 500 Griffeys at the time. We all love this at the Everdeck conference last, just talking about the massive amount of the product made, in addition to seeing at the Everdeck conference last year, you might remember this, they showed an original grocery wholesaler order form, and it said, you know, additional 2% discount if you take 10,000 10, cases or more. <laughs> so individuals could order 10,000 cases at a time. <laughs> For 2% discount. For 2% cash discount, yeah. Wow. So. Joe, that last card show you did in Logansville, you gave everyone, when they came in, a bonus prize of, a, it was like a CD case. Mm-hmm. Of um, a Bagwell card, and they were serial numbers. Arena hologram. And they were all Arena serial numbers to 250,000. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got card number like 78,476 like 250,000. I remember so the like, first time I saw this. Oh, that doesn't make my, you know, yeah. my, my, my red prism. Oh, that's like a 99 looks so bad anymore. That's right. Yeah, they made a, printed a few cards in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we used to think cards numbered to 10,000 are scarce. Yeah. Now, well, they were. Yeah, $92. Yeah, $92 elite. You're like, oh. Those are tough to find still. Yeah. There was just a discussion starting on some board just this week about those. On Twitter, was it on Twitter? And somebody said, "How many actually pulled one of those?" <coughs> yeah, 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 I know. I never. What happened to the one right here? Was the Ted Williams heroes? You still don't see those. Thousand and Ornelas. Twenty five hundred. I still remember I pulled a Griffey in '92. I was so excited. I'm like, wow, look at this rare Griffey out of ten thousand. Like a two hundred dollar card. People still love open packs. You know, whether it's a dollar pack or a hundred dollar pack or whatever. Speaking of rare cards, why didn't you guys put the color blast in the NBA prism? I love that. Funny you ask that. Huh. Yeah, we... Uh, yeah, Keith, why didn't you do that? Yeah, Production schedule was a great addition to the college graphics. Yeah. I thought that was really great. We, so were, was, we were too far yeah. along. At the you time. were too far along? Yeah. I, was, I thought for sure it was going to be in the NBA prism because I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's got to be in the NBA. And everyone's going to go crazy about design color blast. We'll be the card this year. Yeah. And then it wasn't there. What was the first product you guys used that in? Baseball. Baseball. Yeah, that was. Those I are like to point that some out. of the best looking cards produced. I think they're beautiful. Yeah, cards. they're awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, it wasn't your idea, was it, Trout? <laughs> it was. It actually was. Was, was it? Yeah. Good job, Tim. Thanks. <laughs> but we had to take the logo. Solid from tie dye. Yeah. No, we actually were looking online, and uh, we wanted to do something very rare, and we kind of looked online, and uh, we were looking at some different colors and stuff, and we wanted to do something colorful but yet kind of basic. And I, the very first one was that just puff of smoke where it's got the four colors. That was the first one we came up with. And I saw that template. It was just like a, I don't know what they even call those, just a sample graphic that we saw. And I was like, that would be so cool if we had a player come through there. And that, honestly, that's what started it. And then handed it over to our design guys. And they're like, you've really done all the work, but watch, you know. So it was just, honestly, we just stumbled across something on Google Images. So 
There's a lot of thought involved. A lot of stumbling. Cut that part out. Yeah, yeah please. You want the horror. Honestly, that's, that's how it happened. But a lot of our stuff happens like that. I mean, our, the guys over at the office, we, we're on eBay all the time. We're looking at cards. Um, we're looking at, you know, we watch sports all the time. We're looking, reading articles, you'll see a cool photo. Or on Twitter, you'll see a graphic or something. And that's, a lot of times, that's the inspiration of a lot of the stuff. 